be thankful, be appreciative of the now, and be thankful and be appreciative of what you have. And now for Gracias Padre. Amen, amen, and amen. I've never had a week where I have spent so much time in prayer and in God's Word. The reason for the prayer, I've been up in the mountains in a cabin for the last few days, and I've been going through the Bible as a part of my study command for January. So I've been in the Bible for seven or eight hours a day. In the balance of the day, I didn't leave the cabin. I've spent in prayer. So I've never spent this much time in the Bible and in prayer. And after reading that much of the Bible, I'm saying I'm glad I'm here today and not in the biblical times. And when you really read it and really read it, it they had so much war and strife. There were 42 kings of Israel. And now I understand clearly why Saul didn't want to be king. Them kings had a rough, rough, rough time dealing with all this stuff. But it just makes me so thankful to be here today. And I look at the little stuff that's going on now, and we're looking at the stuff that's going on over in Israel, the, the few little wars that are here and there. When I read them biblical wars, they be killing 100,000 folk a day. I said, that's nothing today compared to what it was back then. First of all, the only time you live in is right now. You might as well be thankful for it because you can't live back then. The good old days weren't that good when you really know the whole story. These are the good days. And when I read and I began to understand that, I became more and more thankful for just you and right now. Yeah, some stuff wrong, but there's always some stuff wrong. But like it was most stuff wrong back then. Just even the war that we have now is primarily the soldiers who got killed. They would go in the whole city and just kill up everybody. Men, women, children, everybody. So stuff is so peaceful today compared to what it used to be. And even though I've had the most intense spiritual week ever in my life, I'm not preaching today. When I was in Costa Rica, I did record the sermon to be played while I was gone, and that's what I'm led to just play today. Even I'm probably more filled up with more spirit than ever, but I've never preached a sermon twice. So I'm not going to re-preach the one I preached in Costa Rica. And this, the one that I preached last week was for at least one person. And the one that I preached in Costa Rica is for at least one person. So, A.V., if you would, I'm just going to play that. I was planning on being in Costa Rica when this played. I explained in the last message, Parables of Life, why I came back early. And it was interesting. 
my wife had someone call her and said, Pastor told us why you came back early. You basically came back early to came back early to see you said, why can't my spouse do that? So be thankful that you've got a spouse. Because first of all, you don't ever know the whole story about why somebody comes back, what happened, when they get back. You just don't know. It sounds good, and it is good, but you don't know the whole story. So be thankful, be appreciative of the now, and be thankful and be appreciative of what you have. It makes a difference. A.V., if you would, go ahead and play the sermon from Costa Rica. This is Pastor Nathaniel, and I am here in Costa Rica. I am in a town called Samara. I am taking Spanish classes. Now, it's unusual, of course, to be here taking Spanish classes, but I'm following what God told me to do, which is for the month of January, and I take off every January and July and go somewhere where God leads me. And for this year, for this January, he said, I want you to stay. So I am in class. I was in class today at 8 a.m. in the morning and had to go back at 1 p.m., so from 1 p.m. until 5. So I've been in class a long time today learning Espanol or Spanish. But I still carry on my very similar routine to what I do when I'm in Atlanta. And one of those things is every morning at 5 a.m., I get up for prayer. And as I was in my prayer for the message for today, God says the most important two words in the Spanish language are these two words. Now, I happen to know these two words. Uh, most of you know my oldest son, Nate, and I, we walked the El Camino in Spain. We spent 40 days walking 500 miles in Spain. And I knew very little Spanish then. I know very little Spanish now. But there were two words in Spanish that I knew. One word was thank you, which was gracias. And the other word was padre. Padre means father. Because as my son and I, as we walked throughout Spain, people would want to know what was our relationship. So I learned to point to me and say padre. And then I learned to point to Nate and say, hijo. Hijo means son. So father, son. So I knew padre, and I knew hijo, and I knew gracias. So those were three words out of maybe five Spanish words that I knew spending 40 days in Spain. And as I was praying, God says, these are the most two important words in the Spanish language because I was studying Spanish, but my guess is there are also the two most important words in the English language. And let me see if I can begin to explain to you why God would speak that. Gracias is simply the Spanish word for thank you. It's a matter of gratitude. It's a matter of being thankful. But padre is the word for father. It is what Jesus called his father or God. I can do nothing but what I see the father do. I have to do the will of my father. I'm sent by my father. Only the father knows this. So Jesus recognized the power and the sovereignty of the father. And Jesus, by his own words, he was submitted to his heavenly father. 
So, gracias padre. It's what I want to talk to you for just a few minutes today. It's an interesting subject. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning at the 14th verse, says this. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In other words, this is the Padre's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. And I give thanks to God. I give thanks to God because I understand God is the origin, the provider of all good things. So I give thanks for God and I give thanks to God no matter where I am, no matter what I'm going through because here Thessalonians says give thanks in all circumstances. And see, we only want to give thanks in the good circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. Philippians chapter 4 beginning verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. In other words, stop worrying. Don't worry about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I want to read you a story from Luke. We're all familiar with it. We know it. We've heard it multiple times, but it has just particular significance today. Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Now, you have to understand how devastating leprosy was in that day. I've been to a leper colony in Brazil. You've got to understand, when you had leprosy, it was a sentence of total ostracization. I mean, you were cast out. You had to walk down the street and holler, unclean, 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 and people had to move to the other side of the street. So when you had leprosy, it was almost worse than any other disease because most of your diseases, they can be hidden, but leprosy, you had to holler it out. So here was literally the worst disease on the planet. And 10 people were healed. And only one came back. And you would say, you know, look like if I was healed of something that was so destructive, something that was so socially unacceptable, something that would make me look so bad, 
would make me have to holler around all of this and just make everybody want to run away from me and nobody want to touch me. If I was healed from that, you would say there's no way. And Jesus, he, he says, has no one returned to give praise to God? Has no one returned to give praise to God? And then he says, except this foreigner. Now, let me tell you what he meant by that. Because a lot of times Jesus points to the Samaritan who were not Jews, who were not of the faith. And he said, this man didn't even worship the same way we do. He's a Samaritan, not a Jew. And he was the only one who came back. And sometimes they let you know this religion ain't quite what we ought to be. And Jesus said, the very folk who should have come back to praise God didn't even show up. Only this one who was a foreigner. So we got to learn just with, you know, just with the small thing. And a leprosy, not only was it a big thing, it was probably the biggest thing that you could have short of death. So I can just about guarantee you this. Those nine, they weren't thankful in the little things. And because they weren't thankful in the little things, when they got a big thing, they weren't thankful about that either. And let me tell you another revelation about those nine. Once they got healed, now, oh, first week, two weeks, three weeks, maybe even four weeks, or they just jumping up and down, hollering all on the roof, just so happy. Check with them six months later, because there is a spirit of ingratitude that folk just have. And even when you they get something or you give them something big, it's not long before they forget it. And they're back in the same situation, the same depressed moping, grumbling, growling, all kind of, you know, negative attitude. They're back in the same situation, finding stuff wrong with everything. So I want to just speak today, and actually this is from an article in a psychological magazine, and it's called Six Habits of Highly Grateful People. I'm going to show you at the end just a slide of some of the science of what being grateful does just for your body, for your mind, for your spirit in scientific terms, the manifestations that just being grateful has, it makes a difference in your joy and your happiness. But what they have found, they found that grateful people are much happier. And that's one of the things, you know, when you all remember when the prophet came and he touched me and he just fell back. He said, man, you are the happiest person I've touched. Why are you so happy? I'm grateful. I'm grateful for everything. Well, and I know some of you saying, well, Pastor, you got everything. You ain't got anything for us. Oh, shoot, you don't know. See, first of all, you don't know what somebody else got. You don't know what they're dealing with. You don't know if the stuff they're dealing with, you could even handle. So never judge what somebody else deal with. But one of the things about it, I'm happy. And I have learned to be thankful for grateful things. And I'm saying, well, you over there in Costa Rica, it's freezing in there. You over here in Costa Rica, let me tell you, can you kind of spill a little skin of sweat on me? You know why I got some sweat on me? Because I'm staying with a Spanish-speaking family. And it's a typical Spanish home. There's no air conditioning. It's like 85 degrees and the sun just beaming down. It's 80 degrees at night. And I am recording this at night, and it's hot. And the only thing I've got in this room is a fan, not air conditioning, a fan. And I have to turn the fan off because the fan makes too much noise, and you wouldn't be able to hear my voice because the fan makes too much noise. But the fan blows hot air. So 
I'm in a room with no air condition. It's actually hotter on the inside than it is on the outside. Then there's some other issues with this room. One thing about Costa Rica is tropical. They don't have the Orkin man or the Terminix man coming every month. No, 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 no. There's a bug right there, as a matter of fact, running across the floor. There's a lot of bugs in here. But, you know, I'm just thankful that there's no pesticides. See, there's so many ways of looking at what God has given you. And I look at the heat, the fan blows on me at night, and I say, I don't need a sauna. I don't have to get in the sauna because this room is pretty close to a sauna. Then we've got a bathroom, but you cannot flush toilet paper down the toilet. And I know some of you are saying, well, if you can't flush it down the toilet, what do you do with it? You got to put it in the trash can. What? You got to put used? Yes, because most of the island and the non-super industrialized countries, they don't have a plumbing system that will handle toilet paper. And it's like that all over the country. So everywhere we go in Costa Rica, it's like that. When I stayed a month in the Philippines, it was like that. And it's nothing to the people, but you get used to it. It's one of those things that I'm going to talk about, just in the six habits of highly grateful people, you first of all, you learn to see and to appreciate and to be grateful for everything. If it's hot, Lord, thankful my body is in good shape. I may be sweating, but I can handle the sweat and I got water and I got a lot of fruit. I can drink. I can hydrate. I'm in good shape. I'm not about to faint and I'm not about to fall out. I thank you that I can just even handle the heat. I thank you, Lord. And see, that's why so a lot of you right now, you're fussing and complaining about the cold. So my daddy used to say, sometimes you can't please folk riding or walking. If they riding, they're going to complain. If they walking, they're going to complain. So hot or cold, you got to learn how to enjoy. Last January, as a matter of fact, somebody sent me an email a few minutes ago. And they said, I saw you in a commercial for the hat, Habrella. And you were in Iceland. I was in Iceland January of last year. And I had on this big, what's called a trapper hat. All this fur around it. So I did a video on it. And Half Brother has me right now running on social media in the video talking about the trapper hat. That was a year ago. And a year ago, I was in some places. I was in Iceland. And it was like cold. And I, but I, I was thankful. I was thankful that I had the hat. I was thankful that I had the gloves. I was thankful that I had my thermal underwear on. I was thankful that I had a coat that was warm. My forehead was about to freeze. My lips was about to freeze. My nose was about to freeze. But everything else was warm. And you got to learn how to be grateful for what God has granted you. You need to have the attitude of gracias padre. Gracias padre. Regardless, in all circumstances, Learn how to find the good and learn how to be grateful because it will make a difference. Now, let me tell you about these six things, about the six habits that grateful people have. Habit number one, once in a while, they think about death and loss. And I mean, so why would that make you happy and why would that make you have gratitude if you're thinking about death and loss? Because sometimes when you lose something or you even think about losing it, it helps you to appreciate it. I had a, I have a situation with my car. And most of you all know I've got this real fancy Tesla. And, well, the car is pretty new. But it has some defects in it. And one of the defects it has, normally with the Tesla, when you get out of the car, when you get up off of the seat, close the door, the car turns off. Well, mine wasn't turning off. It was staying on. 
So I was able to troubleshoot it and finally figure it out. I couldn't take it back to the dealer because you all know I've had it converted into a convertible. I got the only Tesla convertible. So I had it converted into a convertible. But once I converted it into a convertible, the warranty was no longer valid. It won't work on it because it's massively structurally changed. So it voids the warranty and Tesla won't work on it. So I could figure all this out myself. See, there's pluses and there's minuses with everything in life. It just is. So anyway, I'm getting out of the car, shutting it. car won't cut off. Shut it, won't cut off. It'll cut off a third of the time, two-thirds of the time, it stay on. So I had to deal with this. I had to figure out what was wrong with it. I finally figured out it's what's called the driver's occupancy seat sensor. I was able to order me one off of eBay. I got it. And my son, Nate, was able to install it because I couldn't figure out how to install it. But he's got this genius of a mechanical engineering mind. And he was able to go out there and install it. So now every time I get out of my Tesla and close the door, Every time, hadn't missed a one, the car cuts off. Now, everybody else's Tesla is automatically doing that, but mine. Now, mine is. Now, my wife has a Tesla. She got her car, and everybody else who has Teslas, all, they don't think anything of it because it does what it's supposed to do. Because I had a loss in mind. Every time I get out of that car and close the door, I said, gracias, Padre. Now, I had a son who God gave me and who gave the mechanical and the engineering ability to figure it out. But I am thankful for my son and I am thankful to God every time I close that door. It's a little thing. Uh, in Spanish, it's called pequeño. It's a little pequeño, little pequeño, just a little thing. But because I was without it, every time I close that door and every time that car turns off, gracias, Padre, gracias, Padre. And see, sometimes... When you talk about the number one habit of grateful people, they sometimes think about death and loss. We've seen at funerals, often the people who really fall to pieces the most are the folk who haven't treated the dead person right to start with. So it's a simple exercise that suppose you imagine that this person was no longer on the earth, that you had lost them. And they say sometimes when people start thinking that way, they appreciate them more while they're here because they thought about, suppose they were no longer here. Now, for some folk, that don't apply because some folk, you know, they're saying, I kind of wish they would get on out of here. But I'm talking about people who you appreciate, people who are beneficial to you. If you learn how to just even imagine without them, it helps you to appreciate it. They did a study just with chocolate. And they had three groups of people. One group... They gave them all the chocolate they wanted. The second group, they only gave them one piece of chocolate a week. And the third group, you know, they told them just do whatever they wanted to do. So what they found was, at the end of the study, they gave everybody the same amount of chocolate. Guess who appreciated and was more grateful for the chocolate than anybody? It was the people who had had a piquino a pequeño, just a small amount of chocolate. They were so grateful for the chocolate. The people who had had all of the chocolate they wanted, they had lost the gratitude for it because they had so much. And sometimes that is the deceitfulness of riches. You get so much stuff, you become dull and desensitized to it. So number one, they, they sometimes imagine themselves without the thing, and it creates a greater sense of gratitude. Number two, they take time to smell the roses, you know, even as I travel, but I don't have to travel. 
Anybody who's around me, anybody who travels with me, anybody who goes anywhere with me, they know I just appreciate everything. I really do. I appreciate if it's cold. Oh, there's some benefits of the cold because it kills all of the fleas and the mosquitoes. And that's another thing about it. It got a lot of mosquitoes. I've been bit about 20 times. And then they got this thing called uh, D-E-N-G-U-F. I, I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's Dengue or D. I don't know what it is. Anyway, it's like malaria. It's a fever. And it comes from mosquitoes. And I've been bit about 20 times by mosquitoes. I don't have any miracle lotion. If I put the miracle lotion on it, keep the mosquitoes away for three or four hours. But I don't have any miracle lotion. I refuse to put any insecticide on me. So I've been bit about 20 times. I'm not worried about catching that fever. Now, if I did catch the fever, I'm going to be fine. But I got this mindset that I'm just thankful that my body is strong enough that I'm not worried about catching that fever. And even my instructor, he had just come back because he was laid up flat with that Denege fever, and he had been sick all day. So it's a blessing, just even small things, things that people look at and they just frown. You learn how to be grateful for everything, but you learn to smell the roses. I got there early for class this morning. After it was over, I went out, I stood on a log by the beach and sat, just sat and got the sun, listened to the waves and the ocean, and just appreciated everything. And you learn how to be grateful for everything, everything that you can sense, everything that you can feel. It's a matter of just learning how to appreciate everything. Stop and smell the roses. And often we buzz through life and we blow through life so much and we don't appreciate small things, pequeño things that really bless our lives. And it's not so much the thing it's the appreciation of the thing. Take time to really stop and smell the roses. And it's an interesting thing. This is something that was real interesting. La Jolla University psychologist Fred Bryant finds that savoring positive experiences makes them stickier in your mind. If You, you know, savor means just a... You know, you just you just enjoy it and increases their benefits to your psyche. And the key, he argues, is expressing gratitude for the experience. That's one of the ways appreciation and gratitude go hand in hand. So it's not just that you, but you say it. The power of what comes out of your mouth. Mm, it's so good. Oh, I'm enjoying this. Oh, the sun's so beautiful. The wind feels so good. I mean, the water feels so good. All the, You express how you feel. But this is the one that was interesting. He says, you might also consider adding some little ritual to how you experience the pleasures of the body. A study published this year in Psychological Science, this is all science stuff, finds that rituals like prayer make people pay more attention to food. Wow. Did you know that? Praying before you eat makes you pay more attention to your food and get more enjoyment out of it, at least if it's good. It helps you. So the power of prayer and what God tells you to do, it has so many benefits beyond what we think. Number three, they take the good things as gifts, not birthrights. The opposite of gratitude is entitlement. And often we can get in this habit of, well, they owe me that. I'm old ahead. 
Look, folk don't owe you nothing. And folk can do wrong and not do what they're supposed to do. So you end up not getting nothing whether they're supposed to do it or not. But in this world, especially among some of the privileged, we have what we call entitlement. In other words, they just, I'm supposed to get it. I deserve it. I'm supposed to have it. Nah, you don't. Not even when other folk are supposed to do something. See, if they even do what they're supposed to do, you ought to be grateful and have gratitude for that. Because do you know how many folk don't do what they're supposed to do? Do you know how many folk don't? So no, you're not entitled to anything. And even to be put into that position, we understand that it's God who's given everything. We're not automatically entitled. But the mentality of entitlement messes up so many people's gratitude because they feel they owe me this, I ought to have this, and that's the way it ought to be. No, 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 no. You learn to become grateful because the world and people don't have to do right. So if they do, you need to be thankful for that. Number four, they're grateful to people, not just things. So it's not just the sun and the wind and and the water and all of that. No, no, no. It's not just a fancy hotel room or the, It's people. The people, the six habits of really people who are grateful and really full of joy, they're grateful to people. And they tell them they're grateful to people. I mean, just in small things, you make a person's day because so many people feel so taken for granted because the majority of people don't truly appreciate. And when they do, they don't show it. So to be able to show it and to be able to speak it, that's one of those habits. They are grateful to people. They're gracias. It's not just gracias padre. Those are the most important. But it's just gracias, period, to tell people thank you. I appreciate you. It's food for the soul for so many folk just to be able to tell them they appreciate it. Number five, they mentioned the pancakes. Now, I know you're saying, what a pancake? They're specific. So when you tell someone specifically why you're grateful to them, it makes a difference. You don't tell them, I think you're a good person. No, no, no. You tell them something specific. You know, I sure do appreciate the way you sung and held that note the other day. I sure do appreciate just the way you made me feel when you complimented me about that. I really like those butter beans you cooked. Them was some awesome. Them the best butter beans I ever had in my life. And I don't have a lot of butter beans. But I never had any butter beans like that. Them was some really, 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 really good butter beans. Most folks never tell you about your butter beans. Unless there's something wrong with them, then they'll tell you. You know, you got the flip side of the gracious and the flip side of the gratitude. And those are the grumbling. And they'll tell you everything that's wrong. If it's a complaint, if there's something wrong, they're going to let you know that. But you can have a hundred things right. You can do a hundred things good. And sometimes folks will never mention that. You do one thing wrong and they're going to, you know. So tell them about the pancakes or whatever it is. Be specific because that lets them know you're paying attention to whatever is going on and that you truly do appreciate it. If they're good butter beans, let them know. Those are some of the best butter beans you've ever had. And number six, they think outside of the box. Now, I didn't 
see it, they think outside of the box. I said they think outside of the box. And what that means is this. Most of the time, we're only grateful. We only say gracias padre about things that are pleasant, that we deem as good, that we deem as something that's positive and beneficial and comfortable. No, the truly, truly grateful, they thank God in all circumstances. They thank him when it's painful. Lord, I thank you for sending me through that. I thank you for letting me lose that job, Father, because you got everything under control, and this is teaching me this, and this is teaching me this, and this is teaching me this. And you'll be surprised when you become thankful for all circumstances. Because in all things, there's a benefit, if you can see it. In all things, there's a benefit. So when you can learn to be thankful in all circumstances, and that's that sixth habit, they think outside of the box. So when they have something painful or they have something negative that happened to me, Lord, they just treat me so wrong. But Lord, this thing developing me. I'm much stronger. I'm no longer as spoiled as I used to be because I've had to become tougher. I've had to become stronger. I've had to learn how to do without this. I've had to learn how to do without that. Lord, they have really developed me. Thank you for sending them my way. As opposed to the opposite. The most no good rascal. You see what I'm saying? You become thankful in all circumstances because God is in control. And that's why that gracias padre, I believe this to my core. There are no accidents. There are no coincidences. God is in control of every single thing. And when we know that and when we truly believe that, you know, a lot of my trips when I had to crash over in Greece, I said, thank you, Father. That thing developed me. You told me why I had to crash. And I never, ever, I never called it an accident. Never. When I was there, they rushed me in the ambulance. I'm in the emergency room. The doctor comes in. He didn't speak a whole lot of English, but he spoke some. And he said, I see you had an accident. I said, nope. I had an incident. Because I know God got all this in control. That was not accidental. So I view everything, and if I can be laying in the street with my blood running down the street, and I'm still thankful, and I am still confident that God got all this in control, what do you think I feel of a man out on the beach? See, it allows you when you can appreciate the little things, the pequeño things, when you can appreciate the little things, when you can appreciate the grande things, the big things, when you can appreciate the things that are comfortable versus the things that are uncomfortable, when you can appreciate all that God has given you then no circumstance in life will have you where you are depressed and sad because everybody has a ton of things to appreciate and they have a ton of things that's developmental. Depends on how you look at it. Lord, you know, some of y'all have got these issues right now. Just how I say, Lord, thank you for this development. Thank you for this development. Because if you didn't have development, if you didn't have some struggles, you'd be one of the most spoiled folk on the planet and you know it. So you need some of this stuff just to exercise, it's like your muscle. See, you don't build no muscle, you know, lifting tissue. You got to put some stress on it. It's the same with your spirit, and it's the same with your gratitude ability. You have got to sometimes go through some things successfully and with the right attitude. Because if you don't have the right attitude, oh, you're going to come out of that broken and bitter without question. And that's the difference between people who have a crash 
who come out broken and bitter. All they never let it go. They got all this stuff in them and they're messing up their body, messing up their mind, messing up their spirit, putting a frown on their face. That's the difference between someone who can be gracious and have gratitude and simply say, Gracias, Padre. Gracias, Padre. Gracias, Padre. This is Pastor Nathaniel, and I am here in Costa Rica. I am delighted to be here, but I am delighted to be anywhere. <laughs> I really, really, really am. I am delighted to be anywhere. I'll see you all in a few weeks. Adios. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the message titled, Gracias Padre, by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 2026. That's 2026. To listen to thousands of free messages, or to send this message number 2026 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you, and you would like to help support this ministry, go to iwanttogive.com. That's Iwanttogive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often, because brother, you need the word. From brothers of the word.